This podcast is made possible through donations from listeners like you and our partners at Tallman Equipment, where they pride themselves on equipping their customers with the tools they need to get the job done right. They are dedicated to set the standard for quality, convenience, and reliability. At Tallman, your opinion is important to them. Rate and review any product or tool you've used on their new website at tallmanequipment.com. Line 11 Clothing Company. Making apparel for our first responders with a positive message to patriots that you can be proud of. A proceed of the cost goes to helping our foundation ignite the fire for father engagement. Give them a follow at Line11Clothing on Instagram. And last but not least, Monzingo Knives. Each knife is created with craftsmanship that only a tradesman could provide. Find them on Instagram at Monzingo Knives and get your American-made Monzingo knife today. I also would like to thank Southeast Lyman Training Center. It is a premier school for line worker training. SLTC produces an elite group of highly trained and certified graduates equipped with the knowledge, discipline, and ability to have successful careers in the electrical utility and communications industries. Learn more at lineworker.com. Welcome to the show up, Dad. This is a podcast created for hardworking fathers. We recognize that fathers providing for their children is certainly important, but when men truly understand their unique role and gain the knowledge and skills to be great fathers, they can transform and impact future generations. Today, I'd like to give a warm welcome to Dave Culp. Dave is originally from Chicago. He currently lives on the road traveling around in the U.S. in his fifth wheel. Dave has been in the line trade for nine years, and he is an IBW journeyman lineman for four of those. Uh, he's been married to his beautiful wife, Anna, for eight and a half years, and together they have three amazing children, Camden, Ellie, and Mackenzie. Welcome to the show, brother. Uh, thanks for having me, Dave. It's great to be here, man. Absolutely. Well, Dave, I always try to open up this by you kind of giving us a background of yourself. So can you please tell us about your childhood as you remember it, if you don't mind, brother? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think a fairly normal childhood uh i grew up in chicago uh not downtown or nothing so uh i grew up mainly uh out in the cornfields uh i was able to run around ride a bike play with friends in the streets you know the good old days mm-hmm. um and uh dad worked a lot 90 100 hours a week never saw him uh my mom ended up getting sick um probably when I was about 10 years old and that's when things got pretty crazy around the house. So I, I had an older sister, um, and a younger sister. Um, so it was us three, um, mom trying to take care of us with her being sick in and out of hospitals. And it was, it was just a crazy, crazy time for, for the family. And, um, for my whole you know, teen years, mom was non-existent, dad worked a lot, and my grandma had moved in, and so she ended up pretty much raising me from about 12 until I went off to college at 18. Uh, Played lots of sports, man. Um, Mm -hmm. That's what kept me busy. That's what kept my mind off of things at the house. Um, You know, that's just how I dealt with life. So just the team aspect of of sports, um, camaraderie, I mean, that's what really drove me and, and kept me busy and, and, you know, just kept me happy. Um, school, you know, school is school. It, mm-hmm. it was easy. I didn't put any effort into it. 
uh, I did end up going to college and playing baseball, but, um, you know, it, it was just, uh, being at home wasn't really a place I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents both, uh, they both smoked in the house. Um, when, when I was going off to college at 18, both my sisters were pregnant. So mm-hmm. there was a, the whole teen pregnancy thing going on at the house. So, you know, I, I got out at 18 and, uh, I haven't been back since. So mm-hmm. that's just kind of, you know, that's just kind of what I do. I just, I go do my own thing and, and, um, that's kind of how I dealt with life for a long, long time. But, you know, it, it, as you get older, you, you start to realize things and the things that you're doing isn't really, um, it's just not good. It's not, it's not a good lifestyle. It's not, it's not a good mindset. So as I got older, I started dealing with things, you know, head on. Uh, I wasn't really trying to avoid it anymore. Um, It's still a work in progress, man. I mean, life is, life can be hard. It can take you down, but uh, you know, there's, there's lots of good things about life too. And then that's what keeps me going. It's interesting that you said that your uh, mom battled with some sort of illness. Um, is she better now? Has she, has she? My mom actually passed away uh, oh, a year and a half ago. Mm, sorry to hear that, man. Sorry to hear yeah, that. She, she, um, well, you know, she was dealing with all of her illnesses and in and out of hospitals. And, and for a long time, mm-hmm. when I was off in college, I, I really questioned my mom. I, we had some really good conversations about her sickness and, mm-hmm. and uh, all the medications that uh, she was put on. My, my mom was definitely a victim of the opioid uh, crisis for sure that I, I blame it on the doctors that they fed her every opioid you could think of for whatever reason they seemed that that seemed to be the ticket to mom getting better but it did not make mom better uh but no she she passed away in her sleep and uh you know she's in a in a better place now man um you know bless her heart she was a saint she was um you know all, all the all the good things, you know, in life, you know, mom, mom really pointed those things out and, and, uh, you know, she might've coddled me a little too much, but as I got older, I started to learn, you know, you know, this is the real world and, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's, it can be tough and, uh, you just got to keep a positive mindset. My mom was really good about being positive, but, you know, we, we all miss her very much and, and wish she was still here and, watching her uh mom had nine grandchildren and the three that my wife and i have are my uh, mom and dad's youngest grandchildren so mm-hmm. it, it would have been cool to see her interact and watch them grow up um mm-hmm. like she did the other six grandchildren but you know she's she's watching from above now man and it, it's funny uh we, we just went on a little east coast road trip mm-hmm. and uh my mom's thing was uh cardinals and I, I swear, man, when things got tough, uh, when we were in a spot, when, you know, things didn't seem quite right, we, we would always see a Cardinal, man, always mm. saw a Cardinal. So uh, I know mom's looking and watching above and, and she's here with us every step of the way. Man, that, that's a, such a powerful story right there, brother. And I, I just want to thank you for sharing that and opening up about that. Um, I can't even imagine losing my mama, you know, um, it's weird how our daughters are close to the fathers and the boys seem to be close to the mamas. You know what I mean? 
so yeah. much to the point where we oftentimes marry or choose our spouse off of how she relates with our mom. You know what I mean? As far as like, you know, just like little things that they do. Like my, my wife has so many similarities mm -hmm. with, with my mother. I, I don't know if that holds true with, with your, your wife or not, but I see that with my wife. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's kind of, kind of weird that way, you know? Yeah. My, I mean, my wife and, and my mom there, I mean, they're both very genuine people. Mm -hmm. um they they are who they are and there's no hiding that and and they didn't try and hide that and you know the the more i'm i'm married to my wife the more i i'm seeing similarities in in my mom you know and and who they both are so um it it is it's pretty crazy and you know i've i've heard a lot of that those stories going on about how you know the man will marry a woman who's almost identical to the, to his mom um and you know that's just you know there's not nothing beats a mom man you know what i mean like growing up and you get sick and here's mom you know got chicken soup for you and she's got you know a little towel to put on your head and bring down the fever and she's you know she's just checking on you every minute she's got a, a you know a little bottle or something a, a bowl for you to throw up in if you're throwing up and yeah man it's just I, you know that those are some of the best memories i have of my mom is her taking care of me when i was sick and mm -hmm. and uh you know i i wish i had some more memories of my mom later in, in my childhood but i i really don't it's, it's just crazy how how life works out and plays out and it's it's crazy too because i even like think now just thinking back you know because my wife suffered with a severe illness and she's still going through her her battle as well um it's crazy because like my boys, whenever they tell mom's down, they immediately go to her and just give her that hug. You know what I mean? There's there's like a like a bond that a son has with his mama. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I see it with my son too, and 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 Anna. Um, you know when when things get tough, I I see my boy Cam going to mom straight to mom, and and mom's gonna give him something that I can't. Mm -hmm. and you know I, i'm tough on on my boy and um I, I should be a little less tough on him but i i have you know he's only he's only six he's gonna be seven and he's an awesome little dude man mm -hmm. and uh he's he's well on his way to becoming something great so i just gotta always remind myself uh of that so i'm not so hard on him but mm -hmm. um but yeah anytime things get tough or he's sad you know he'll he'll go crawl up into mama's arms and it's game over you know they, they cuddle for 15 20 minutes and then he's good like mm. he's good like nothing just happened you know so yeah that bond man they're it's they're, they're inseparable moms moms and sons for sure now now that we're talking about that dave i wanted to ask you kind of about your father you know what I mean? he said that he worked like 80 90 hours or so um, what did he do and what are your earliest child memories of your father? So dad's a, a truck driver. Um, mm -hmm. He, before I was born, actually when I was born, he was over the road. Mm -hmm. So when mom and, and dad first got together, that's what dad did. He did runs from uh, Chicago to LA 
back to New York and he would just be on the road all the time. And that's where he was when I was born. He was, he was on the road and mom called him on a payphone. you know, back in the day, 1985, that's what, that's what you did. He didn't have mm-hmm. cell phones to call and, and say, Hey, I'm, I'm, you know, in labor, come here. So it was one of those things. Dad got to a truck stop, I'm sure called mom and mom says, oh, I'm in labor. You better get your butt back here. So that's how that whole thing worked. And, you know, for, for the first couple of years of my life, mm-hmm. um, I, I think dad switched from over the road to more localized. So he drove a lot, uh, in the cities. Um, mm-hmm. he was home every night, but some of my earliest memories of my dad, and I still cherish these memories today, man. Um, it, it, in the summer times, dad would get home from work pretty late, nine, 10 o'clock, maybe a little bit later. I'd already be in bed and he'd come in and, uh, he'd wake me up and say, Hey, did you want to come ride with me to some of the places we would go with street or Illinois about hour and a half, two hours away and to make some extra money dad would after working 16 hours would come home wake me up i'd keep him awake and we'd get in the truck and uh drive you know two hours south get a load or whatever it was mm-hmm. and drive back in the middle of the night and um man get home at as the sun's coming up you know mm-hmm. and i i just look back on that you know that my dad uh he let me sit on his lap mm-hmm. drive a big 18 wheeler in the middle of the night and steer and and throw some gears around um i helped him back up helped him load up the trailer helped him you know just i was just there and just loved it just loved being with my dad mm-hmm. just cruising around a big semi i mean what what seven eight nine year old wouldn't want to you know be with his dad in a big semi driving around and right. uh, that's kind of that's kind of how i was and and you know <laughs> crazy that my dad would do something like that looking at it now with three kids and a wife I, I couldn't imagine coming home after like a 16 hour day and then you know waking up my my son and saying hey dude you need to come with me and help me stay awake and we're gonna go drive like four hours and go work <laughs> you know I, I just couldn't imagine that but that was dad man for a long time um I remember a couple summers that's that's how it was wake me up and a couple times a summer it didn't happen all the time but it, it did happen a couple times mm-hmm. and uh, I loved it you know after the first time we did it I was just hoping it would happen again and and, and it did a few more times and he'd um he, he'd have just enough time to coach um when I was in t-ball um as I got older he was around the sports less and less Mm-hmm. He really was just working more and more, man. I, I feel like he just worked more and more as I got older. Um, mm-hmm. he, he started missing baseball games and stuff, which was hard on me. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I understood what he was trying to do. You know, he's trying to provide for the family. And he did it at all costs. And, you know, I talk to dad about it every once in a while still, you know, if, if he has any regrets or wished he did something else. And because I, I'm always pushing dad to do something else other than trucking you know mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. uh my, my dad's a pretty talented guy he was a marine um stationed camp pendleton and uh he, he was a sniper in the marines he doesn't talk very much about it but mm-hmm. um you know my dad's a super disciplined guy uh you know as far as you know work and 
and wanting to make and needing to make money. I mean, he, he just puts his head down and, you know, there's really nothing else in his peripherals, but, you know, and as I get older, I mean, for the last eight or nine years, I've, I've been almost the same way, you know, I, I've picked up on those tendencies and working late and doing crazy stuff like that all the time, working six, seven days a week. But now just got to a point where that's not very important to me anymore. And I, you know, not that my dad ended up bad or the family ended up bad at all. But as I got older, I realized dad wasn't around very much. And I definitely don't want to be like that with my kids, you know? Yeah. What, what made you not want to follow in those footsteps? Cause for, for so many men like yourself, like myself, we tend to fall back in that realm where we just do what we know or what was shown, you know what I mean? So we think it's okay. And it's almost like it's, um, it's almost like it's automatic in a sense, you know? So what, what did you do to break that? Or was it the realization that, you, you know, you were following in those footsteps? Like, how did that change? Like, what are the steps that you took to, to make that change? Man, I think there's, man, there, I can't like specifically like narrow it down to one thing, but mm-hmm. just the, some of the things going on in my head are, you know, when, when I got into the trade, mm-hmm. so I, I graduated college and then I went and did some odds and ends in, in, in uh, the Phoenix area for a mm-hmm. few years. And uh, I met a girl who, whose dad worked for the power company in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And he, he knew I didn't like my job. So he says, Hey, why, why don't you be a lineman? And I'm like, what, what the hell's a lineman? Mm-hmm. You know? So I started looking more into it. And I'm like, man, this reminds me a lot of, you know, being on a sports team, you know, and I really enjoyed that as growing up, played college baseball, um, played baseball into my thirties organized baseball all the way into my thirties. So to, to find a trade such as a lineman and have that camaraderie and have the flexibility to be able to go where you want travel, which I love to travel so I can travel, I can work and I can be with my family. And the other element was I had a lot of debt and I saw this trade as a way to fulfill every need in my life and my future family. So I I got into this trade before I met Anna. I got into this trade, you know, more or less to set up my family. So, so as I got into the trade, um, you know, worked those long hours, man. And I had goals Anna and I had goals to pay off debt. So the long hours came mainly because we wanted to pay off our debt. So Anna's Anna's really good with money, by the way. So she's, she's helped out tremendously on on that whole department because I wasn't really good with money. I wasn't horrible with it, but you know, I was able to pay my bills and that was about all I had, 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 uh, had enough to do was just pay bills until I started my apprenticeship in, uh, in Albuquerque. That was in 2000 and, uh, 2013 I started the apprenticeship so we after we paid off all the debt um you know we were here in Cali so this was probably about two and a half years after I topped out which Mm -hmm. was in 2018 so this would have just been two years ago paid off all of our debt 
and life, life kind of shifted a little bit, man. Um, you know, at that point, my kids were four, three, and one. And I've, I already saw what working a lot did with Camden and my middle Ellie who were four and three at the time. And I'm like, man, I missed, I missed a couple birthdays. I didn't miss too many. I missed, you know, I just missed watching them grow up when, when you work six, seven days a week, there's just, you don't really get to see them grow Mm -hmm. up. You spend, you know, an hour or two maybe with them in the evenings and then they're off to bed and then weekends, uh, they're a hit or miss, you know, and Mm -hmm. any, any moment I had to spend with my family, I did. I never went out to the bars. Very, very rarely did I ever go out to the bars with the boys. I got asked daily, probably Mm -hmm. daily, never went. Like I said, occasionally I would, I would, I would go, but you know, I, I worked so much. It was like, well, if I have free time, why wouldn't I spend that with my family? So, so when I, when I paid off the debt, it was like, well, what am I really working for here? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What, what, like, why, why, why would I work all these hours when the reason I worked all these hours is to pay off debt. Now I have no debt. So, but the whole mindset and, the, and the, everything just shifted. Mm-hmm. And I, I've, since I've been out in Cali last four years, I've steadily taken probably three, three and a half months off every year to you know spend time travel with my family uh we just got done with this i took i've worked 40 days in the last six months Mm -hmm. and it's been awesome it has been so freaking awesome hanging out with my family traveling around just seeing all the sights and sounds of the east coast that's what we did we started our trip in chicago went up to maine went all the way down into Florida, spent a couple of weeks in Florida and, and worked our way back up and pretty much ended in a, in a Kentucky. And mm-hmm. we have a map of the United States and we put a sticker on all the maps as, or on all the States as we, we spend a night in each one. So part of our East coast road trip was to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. So the, the whole making a lot of money thing is, is cool until you become debt free. I mean, that that's what it is for my wife and I, we, we've met almost every financial goal we've ever set and right now we're in a transition period where it's like okay well what's next Mm -hmm. and you know we still live in our camper we have a house in phoenix that is being rented out and we just don't know if that's going to be our forever home or you know we've talked about starting a homestead and having a couple acres somewhere and just living off of the land and, and working occasionally to pay bills and, and keep insurance because it, I mean, as you know, Dave, you need a, you need to work a, a few months a year to keep insurance for, um, you know, mm-hmm. with the IBW and it's a really, really good insurance and there's no, no reason to, to not keep it. It's, I mean, it's amazing insurance. So, oh yeah. So, you know, there's this, uh, we're in this transition period right now and, and I, you know, working a lot isn't, you know, doesn't sound very appealing. I know every once in a while, I'm probably going to have to do it if we have some goals that we want to set mm-hmm. and I will sit the kids down and, and have a little talk and let them know, you know, you know, daddy just spent the last six months off and we got to spend a lot of time with him, but now it's time for daddy to go back to work. And, and who knows, you know, we, Anna and I've talked about being out here in California for the whole next year. 
and you know we we have a, a financial advisor who's who's pretty much let us know that we can um, retire at fifty mm-hmm. if if we keep up on our monthly installments to him and you know, that sounds very appealing too, you know, so maybe, you know, this next little goal that we have in life is to retire at 50 and and go from there and see what happens next, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, for sure. And that's the thing is everybody's got to have a plan. You know, you, you're young, both you and your family. And uh, it's good to see that you guys had a, a plan with you and your wife being on the same page, being able to set that up, you know, cause for a lot of us, you know, um, my, my, myself included, I didn't have a plan. It was just kind of get the money, spend the money, get the money, spend the money, you know, and living just for that day, you know, uh, feeling guilty because you're out on the road, you know, like, you know, like you, you kind of had it different because you went through a utility apprenticeship. So you got to spend time at the home. Um, for a lot of the outside guys, we're on the road, you know, not so much in California. I mean, there is a bunch of guys who are out and, you know, all over the place in California, but for the rest of the United States, sometimes you're in Lawrence, Kansas. Sometimes you're in Arizona. Sometimes you're in Colorado or in the middle of nowhere, you know, Missouri, whatever, wherever, whatever district you're at. And you're, you're gone away for months at a time working them long hours and stuff like that. So when you come home, it's almost like you have this guilt to where you want to just supplicate your time by buying stuff, buying gifts. And let me tell you, that doesn't work, bro. (laughs) You know what I mean? It it only works so far, but your kids want you, they want your time. And it's good to see that you recognize that in yourself. You recognize that in your father and you've made the appropriate turnaround and it's not hard i mean it's not it's not it's not easy i should say you know it it takes sacrifice on its own merit as well you know but just just good for you you know what i mean to to be able to see that and do that you know and overcome that i mean that's awesome you know to to even get to the decision to hit the road i Mm -hmm. mean that was a tough one to make i mean i like you said man i came up in the utility and and things were good you could make a bunch of money there and and at, you know, at the time that was the mindset. And at, at some point it was, it was really just like, all right, if we want to go travel, this is probably the best time to go do it. And I mean, as soon as Anna said that, I'm like, yeah, we're selling that <laughs> now, you know? Right. And, and, and it did Dave, it happened quick, man. When she said, yep, yeah, let's, let's go hit the road. It was, I swear, I swear to you, man, within uh, like a month and a half, I had bought a dually. I, we had put our house on the market and we, um, had bought a camper like, Mm -hmm. and then just a few, uh, I think it was eight days. I don't know. I'm sure Anna's going to correct me on this, but like less than two weeks after we put the house on the market, it was sold. Mm -hmm. So it, it all happened very, very quickly. Uh, it was the only way that it could happen. It was quickly. I mean, the everything we do, we, we, we talk about it and then we say, all right, we're going to do it. And then Mm -hmm. it happens like right away. So, you know, when, when Ann and I want to do something, we, we do it, man. We, there's no, you know, dragging our feet at all whatsoever. So it, it really has, you know, hitting the road. 
you know, mm-hmm. we did it four and a half years ago, four and a half years ago. And it, it has been like the best thing ever for the kids, for me and Anna, mm-hmm. uh, we've grown way closer together. Um, you know, we've, we've been definitely have been through some ups and downs, man, mm-hmm. but, uh, the kids, you know, we, we live in a, I don't know, 450 square feet. Wow. I mean, we mm-hmm. all live life together and the ebbs and the flows of life are spent with everybody. You know, we, we, we all use each other to, to, to be lifted up. We, we all, you know, you know, as the kids get bigger, it'll be, mm-hmm. it'll be, you know, a whole interesting element added to it, you know, seeking advice from one another and, and, you know, just crying on each other, you know, there's lots yeah. of tears. There's a whole lot of, yelling and there's you know but you know at the end of the day you know when the those kids lay their heads down at night there is no question that they know daddy loves them very much and that you know we pray every single night and there's lots of praying that goes on about you know some of the not so good things that happen during the day and Mm -hmm. and that you know that's life man like you can't let some of those things just tear you down and bring you down because it's life and um it's the family is the only thing you got man to hold it all together it's the only thing you got and that that's one thing i wish that me and my family had when we were growing up because we didn't really have each other mm-hmm. we, we didn't we didn't really talk about anything mom and dad kept most of the stuff that was going on you know medical issues and and finances and all that they kept it a big secret and it, it's, it's just kind of hard to be blindsided a whole lot of times growing up, but you know, our kids, even though they're super young, they're around for these, these big adult conversations. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's, you know, that's one way to, you know, bring a family closer is everyone knows what's going on and, mm-hmm. and, and what mommy and daddy are thinking. And I mean, of course there's some behind the, the, the scenes conversations that mommy and daddy have without the kids but mm-hmm. for the most part man i mean the kids are right there with us and it, it's a lot easier for them to to be there with us in, in the smaller setting the 450 square feet than it would be if we were in our home you know um mm-hmm. the, the kids wouldn't be you know at our side most of the time even though they are i i, I just think this lifestyle has really just mm-hmm. really kept us all together even when we're not in the camper it's just it, it's pretty awesome man just to see the kids grow up and uh see them play outside they love to play outside all the time and that's all they do man they just play outside all the time super awesome to see they love it and you know and you're absolutely right on that dave because you know you, you knew where i lived and stuff like that i lived out there in the country in new mexico and uh we had a smaller home you know, a beautiful home, but it was, it was a smaller home, you know, twice, you know, three times smaller than the house we have now. And uh, you're absolutely right that it's almost like it's uh, when it's that small of a home, there's a closeness that I can't even describe. Like, even though you're on top of each other, sometimes you're at each other's throats. Everybody knows what's going on. Everybody knows what's happening. Everybody, you know, is connected as a family unit, you know, and the kids, you're absolutely right. They played outside. They hated coming inside, you yeah. know, 
um, moving out here to Southern California in this big old home that we have. Now the kids are like ecstatic with their home and we have a tiny yard. You know what I mean? They just, they don't even want to go outside. You know, like today I have to make them go outside so we can go skateboarding at the skate park and stuff like that, which they absolutely love, but they're just so enamored with the home they're in. Cause they've never had that much space. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, it, absolutely. it is cool that you're able to show your kids that connection, you know, that way, when you guys do settle down again in a bigger home or whatever, they're going to have that connection already built up inside of them. Cause, and I'll give you an example. When we moved here, my daughter and her brothers, dude, even though they had this big old home to go to their own rooms and everything, they still stayed on their little beanie bags in the, uh, in the, in the living room with each yeah. other on top of each other. And it's like, man, you have all the space, go find <laughs> space. And nope, you know what I mean? And I, I contribute that to that, that closeness of growing up. Yeah, there, There'll be, I don't think there's going to be much that'll make me happier when I'm older mm -hmm. than to see my kids be the bestest of friends and, and, and to be able to have my kids come to me for advice and, mm -hmm during troubles you know when times are not very good i mean i i need my kids to come to me about that stuff i need them to and that's kind of what we're trying to show them now mm -hmm. with mommy and daddy talking yes is that hey it's okay to talk about these things even though they're not good they're not you know it's just life this is you know life, life isn't always awesome and good and perfect and I wasn't, I wasn't really shown that growing up. I, I was kind of shown that, you know, the bad things that happen in life can be shoved under a rug. Mm. I, I was taught that the bad things in life can, you know, that don't have to involve everybody in the house. Like, mm -hmm. but absolutely it involves everybody in the house. If, if mom is sick and dealing with an addiction, I think the whole family should know about it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You know, so we can all work together talk about it, try and help out as much as we can, even, you know, you know, at those times, you know, we were 12, 13, 14 years old. I mean, mom absolutely needed our help and we had no clue what was going on. You know, it's pretty mm -hmm. crazy, but you know, we just, I, I just want to make sure that my kids know that life, life is, is awesome. You can be free. You can do whatever you want but you got to work hard at whatever it is you want to do. And you just got to be a good person. You know what I mean? You just mm -hmm. got to be a good human being and try to, you know, just talk to people and see what it is they, that they live life for. Because, you know, I, I got lots of inspiration from other people, mm -hmm. a lot, a whole lot of inspiration, man. I, I, you know, I, I didn't grow up in the best of households, but you know, I saw how the better households lived, you know, when I went to my friend's houses, mm -hmm. I, I did that a lot, man. Like that's part of the reason why I was never home, you know, just, mm -hmm. just having a good example around. And I just want to, I want to be a good example, my, you know, Anna and I, we want to be good examples for the kids. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we, we just hope they grow up to be awesome human beings because that's what we're trying to do. And, and um instill some faith in them too you know um mm -hmm. and i don't know if you know but anna was recently baptized uh, 11 months ago 
Oh, wow. And, uh, and it was a super powerful um, day. Um, I mean, the, the weeks leading up to it were, you know, very exciting. But the day she got baptized, man, that was uh, one of the happiest days of my life. And um, mm-hmm. it's it's been a game changer for our family having – having more, more God, more, uh, more Jesus, more faith. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's very powerful. Yes. Um, how, how all of that can alter, uh, a family, uh, a family who, who needs God and needs faith. It's just very amazing. The kids just talk about Jesus and God all the time. And they ask lots of questions and, they love praying with daddy at night and, you know, they're, you know, I'm not a perfect, um, you know, man of faith mm-hmm. and, uh, I, I wish I was more perfect than I am. Mm-hmm. And it's sometimes it just beats me up a little bit that, you know, we're not going to church every Sunday or, mm-hmm. you know, we're not praying before we eat dinner every night. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, there's just little things that, um, I need to continue to work on and, and, uh, and, and just be a better dad, be a better man, be a better friend, mm-hmm. be a better son, be a better uncle, uh, be a better coworker, man. There's just uh, so many areas in, in life where I can better myself and, and be that good example mm-hmm. for, uh, for my son. And, and, and hopefully, you know, one day my girls marry a, a man who's more like daddy, you know, mm-hmm. um, and uh, that's just you know, it's some powerful stuff, man. Mm-hmm. Powerful stuff. That's uh, that's interesting that you said that because most fathers I know always say, "I hope my daughter doesn't marry a man like me." Yes. Yeah. So for you to be able to say, "I hope my daughter is marry someone kind like me," like that, I mean that that's powerful. That means you're doing something right, brother. I mean, we're not perfect, like you said. None of us are. You know, um, I think a lot of the times we we carry the burden of, of trying to hold everything together. Right. We're problem solvers mm-hmm. as men and we can't, we can't hold everything together. And that's why we created a podcast like this, or, you know, we have uh, the, the, the show up that foundation group, you know what I mean? On, on Facebook to, to be able to have men come together and, and talk about these issues and stuff like that in a private setting, you know, not airing out your dirty laundry or nothing like that, but just be able to, to get that reassurance. Cause everybody needs a hand up. You know, I'm, I'm not one of them guys who believes in giving people handouts, but men do need hand ups, whether it be an, an attaboy or Hey brother, I wouldn't do that if I was you or look at what I've done. Don't make the same mistake, you know? And, and that's what this, podcast and this family the show up that foundation is based upon it's about guys who are imperfect who want to become better and you hit the nail right in the head when you said that you want to be a good role model for your sons that's the best thing you can do um when we both worked at the utility you and i i remember in one of the supervisor's office he had a whiteboard and it said be the man your children think you are and I mean, mm-hmm. I still remember that from what, seven, eight years ago. Yeah. And it still sticks with me in my head. I want to be the man that my kids think I am. And if, we, and if we strive for that, brother, you can't go wrong. You know, and that faith you talked about, 
that's something to hold on to. That's perfect because now we're showing our kids that, hey, daddy doesn't have it all together, but daddy's relying on a higher power. Daddy's relying on something. He's putting his faith in something. Whether that be God or whatever, you, whoever, you know what I mean, listens to this, I believe in Jesus Christ. And that's where my faith lies. And that's what helps me get over on the things that I can't overcome. Because there's a lot of stuff we're going to fall into, a lot of different things. And, you know, that's one of the things I wanted to ask you is you've traveled to 46 different states, brother, with your family. You know, <laughs> I can't even imagine the difficulties you had to overcome. I mean, I imagine that's where your faith came in, right? I mean, because there's so many different <laughs> things, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I mean, <clears throat> my, my grandma, she was the, uh, the one where I learned all my faith from. Mm -hmm. um, and then, and my mom eventually, uh, I mean, I, I just learned it from them. I mean, mm -hmm. when I, I just think that when, when you want to do something, when you have your mindset on an adventure, whatever it may be, I, I don't see how or why kids are the reason why you wouldn't go do something. Mm -hmm. I, I almost think that is absolutely the reason to go do whatever it is that you want to go do. And I, I hear it time and time again, like, I don't know how you go travel with your kids or how you go fly with your kids. Cause we, we've, we've flown a lot too. You know, we, we, mm -hmm. it's, it's hard. It, it, it is absolutely hard, but uh, I've said it since day one mm -hmm. that nothing good comes easy. No. And well, I, I just, I just feel like I'm doing my, my family, my kids more justice to travel around, see how other people live, mm -hmm. see other parts of the country experience, you know, the hospitality in the South or, you know, the busyness of the Northeast and the, the quietness of the woods, the vastness of the desert, man. I mean, the, 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 just the beautifulness of, of the ocean. I mean, watching a, you know, mm -hmm. we got to see a sunrise in the East Coast. We've seen the sunset on the West Coast, man. I mean, it, it just just traveling, just the adventure. It, it, it excites me. And I'm hoping that um, I'm I'm lighting a fire underneath my my kids tushes, man, that, mm -hmm. you know, that adventure is there's nothing, nothing greater in my mind, man, than to go explore and adventure and just, you know. And like, like you mentioned, I mean, it's, you know, there's some obstacles involved with it. And mm -hmm. we just, we, we just drove back from Chicago, um, the other day we left, uh, we left on a Monday morning and we were planning on three days traveling to get to Tucson and we were going to spend a, a whole night there, um, with my, my mother-in-law mm -hmm. and the kids were going to see him and, and then we we're going to finish out our trip from Tucson to San Diego. So it was going to take us four days of driving. Mm -hmm. Well, two days into the trip, we, everyone got a cold and just normal cold, you know, sneezing, um, runny nose. Um, and when you're driving eight, nine hours a day in a car mm -hmm. it, and being sick like that sucks. It oh, just yeah. sucks. But, my 
Anna and I brought a super good attitude to the whole thing. And the kids had a super good attitude about the whole thing. Nobody complained one time. We, we ended up driving. We, we didn't stay in Tucson for the night. So we ended up spending three days of driving two, eight hour days and a 13 hour day to get to San Diego. And those kids, man, they did so awesome. They did so awesome. They loved every minute of it, looking out the window, watching, you know, the sunrise in the morning and watching the sunset in, in the evenings, just, you know, talking up where we were getting ready to go mm-hmm. and explaining a little bit about the area we were in. And we ended up staying in Kansas one night. We stayed in Midland, Texas, um, which which was a huge learning experience for the kids, seeing all the uh, the oil rigs and, and the wells and all that. I mean, for miles and miles and miles on both sides of the road, probably for about a hundred miles, just oil rigs everywhere. And so it was just good to explain, you know, the Permian basin and, and all the hard workers that, you know, that dig these wells and all the equipment that is necessary to do it. I mean, it was, we, we always spend every trip, you know, explaining and, and making a learning lesson out of it because we, we are homeschooling the kids too. So it's just kind of a, you know, a double whammy and we, we just try and make the best of, of our travels. Mm-hmm. There's always learning involved with it. Um, sometimes it's not easy. This last time everyone got sick, um, you know, next time it, it, it might be, you know, someone doesn't want to go on the road trip or somebody's tired of sitting in the car you know and and that happens occasionally but not not as much as you would think i mean we've got uh kenzie's the youngest she's three she's she knows nothing different than the camper Mm -hmm. she knows nothing different than sitting in a car seat and driving you know four or five hours a day um ellie she was six months old when we started this lifestyle so she pretty much knows no different and camden I mean, he, he, we, we've been doing this since he was three, three and a half. And he, I mean, he's a rock star. He just mm-hmm. loves it. He, he, he brings a, a toy truck with them and it'll keep him busy for hours, you know, but did mm-hmm. our adventures are epic, man. We, we have like, I, like you mentioned 46 States. We still have plans to go and see a couple of the other States that we haven't seen. Um, Louisiana, mm-hmm. um, uh, North Dakota, Oregon, and Washington. And then somehow we're going to, we'll probably end up flying to Alaska and Hawaii just to, mm-hmm. you know, put, put at, the we'll, topper. We'll, <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll put asterisks next to those. We didn't actually take the camper, but right. <laughs> we, we went and saw them still, but yeah, dude, um, you know, we still have to go see some more states. So they're, you know, this lifestyle is going to continue on and, and, uh, you know, just, it's just been awesome, man. It's been mm-hmm. just truly amazing hanging out with the kids, hanging out with my wife and, and just doing what we all love. I mean, this is, this was my dream for a long time. And mm-hmm. now Anna's really starting to take a liking to it. Uh, the kids, I mean, they haven't fussed. They haven't, you know, they meet kids wherever we go. Yep. We're, we're there for one day and bam, they've got friends everywhere. Like 
you you wouldn't believe you know how many you know mm-hmm. and their friends come and go you know we were we, we stayed in south carolina on our east coast road trip mm-hmm. and my son fell in love with these two best buddies of his man they loved race cars they loved riding bikes they loved playing army and he just fell in love with these boys man mm-hmm. like they were just the best dudes and when when we had to say goodbye to him mm-hmm. or to to his buddies it it was it was it was you know kind of a sad day man but you know that's that's life um you know that's part of uh, the lessons of life you know it's not always you know sunshine and rainbows you know mm-hmm. and and it, it's not to say we won't ever see him again but mm-hmm. You know, you just keep making friends. You just keep being vulnerable and, and, uh, you know, just making the best of the time you have with the friends that you have when you, mm. when you have them. <laughs> so, right. 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 Um, I mean, so. no, that's, that's awesome to see that, you know, kids are very resilient, you know, so you're definitely showing them different cultures and stuff like that. And they're going to be, they're going to be well-versed, which is awesome. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is, you had mentioned how Anna now is starting to kind of, you know, be excited about your, your nomadic lifestyle. Was it hard for her when you guys first started and stuff like that? I mean, probably coming, I can't imagine like, this is the way I see it. So bear with me. Okay, Dave, I see it as, as the norm, right? Cause nomadic lifestyles aren't really the norm. Right. Sure. You know, sure. everybody, when they, when they get married, they think, you know, this is the way I was raised and taught as well. You get a home, you have a home, you provide for that home and you retire. Right. Yeah. Now I know that goes probably in the, in the mindset of a lot of people. That's, you know, that's the way we're raised. So how big of a transition or did, she, did your wife had a hard time with that? You know what I mean? Just going from, the comfort and security of having a home. And then all of a sudden, guess what? Our kids are going to be on the road with us and I'm, you're going to have to homeschool and we're going to go travel the United States. You know, was it hard for her to, to accept that at first? Yeah. When, when we first started dating, Mm -hmm. you know, of course the conversation came up like, what, you know, what do you do for a living? (laughs) (laughs) Right. And, and I was like, well, that's that's when i had um that was my first line job i was working in artesia out in the oil fields mm-hmm. and and i i I went to line school too so i, I kind of knew what i was getting myself into and so at the time i was working in the oil fields and i told my wife I, or you know anna my girlfriend at the time i said you know i'm in this trade it's super awesome um it's a little bit dangerous but we, we can travel around the country if we want, you know, mm-hmm. um, I, I can make a good living doing this trade. Um, and then, you know, slowly, but surely adding in the fact that it, it's a little more than a little dangerous, um, adding in the fact that I'm probably going to miss birthdays and holidays and then sprinkle on top of that, that, you know, there's going to be some long hours and six, seven days a week, you know, mm-hmm. um, for the first few years during an apprenticeship. And then, you know, I'd always talk to her about how, you know, it would be really cool to go travel around. Mm -hmm. And so, 
you know, for, for many years, I talked about it, um, threw it around in conversation every once in a while. And then it wasn't, it wasn't until a few months before I topped out that Anna had mentioned, you know, she, she Mm -hmm. just brought it up randomly and she said, you know, what, what, what would you do if, if I said I wanted to go, go travel around and buy a camper and, and go do this. And, um, like I said earlier, I mean, that was, that was, it was game over. Like, yeah, you don't have to say that again. Like, like, let's do it. So I I'm thinking like Anna transitioned really well. Mm -hmm. Um, she, she really did. I, our first night in the camper, we both, um, cried in each other's arms and said, uh, you know, I think we made a terrible mistake. (laughs) And, 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 this was after uh, we had already signed the papers over to sell the house. So there was no mm. going back. And after that first night, it's been all uphill since, man. It really mm. has. Anna, she'll, she'll go in these spurts where she wants to go travel around. Um, right now, she's in, a, in a, a, an area in her head where she, we, she wants to be hunkered down. Mm-hmm. So that, that's, you know, some of what you're probably talking about with the you know, I, I feel like mamas are more like more or less wanting to maybe like settle down or be in a familiar place. Mm -hmm. And, and that, that helps them, you know, being able to raise the children. And, and I feel like after traveling around the last several years Mm -hmm. that our home is our safe place and it doesn't matter where that home is. Mm. Everything that happens inside that home is exactly the same. And homeschool, um, praying, uh, laughing, having fun, eating, um, watching movies. I mean, every, everything that happens is almost inside that camper now. And you know, the RV park we're at right now, there's a lot to do outdoors, but not every park we've been to has been like that. So, you know, being inside that camper, it, it really kind of like it, you almost sometimes forget where you're at. Mm-hmm. Like truthfully on our East coast road trip, it was a few times like what, what state are we in right now? <laughs> and it, it was just the familiarity of being in, in our camper, in our safe place, man, that, that I really feel like helps, you know, everybody being able to do this lifestyle. It's, mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's not so much of where you're at, but it's, it's more of what's, you know, inside that camper. And we, our whole life is in that camper, man. Mm-hmm. You know, we, Anna's, Anna's made that camper our home. You know, she's painted the whole inside. She's decorated it. I've, I've built all the valances out of wood and, and mm-hmm. starting to change all the trim out, out, you know, out of the, the camper, what they have in there and put my own wood in there and, and just make it look good. And, Mm-hmm. And, you know, we just tinker around and, and make it more and more our home. And mm-hmm. the more we live in it, the more we just fall in love with the camper. It's mm-hmm. just, it's so hard to deny it, man. It's really just really hard to deny the camper is our happy place, man. Mm-hmm. Truly our happy place. And, and it's crazy. You're right. Because I mean, there's a saying, a house is not a home, you know, there's, it's two different things, right? Um, I believe that a home is where your family is and that could be in a, a trailer that could be in an apartment that can be wherever, right? If the yeah. family unit is intact, 
and everybody's there, I think that's that's a home. It doesn't matter about a, the house, right? Yeah. So that's awesome to see that you guys are able to create that and adapt, right? Because a lot of the things you're showing, probably the number one thing I picked up from you, Dave, and which I really wanted you to come on this show and talk about it, about your lifestyle is you're able to adapt and you're showing that to your children. I think more than ever, one of the biggest things that we can do to help our kids is show them how to adapt to change. Yeah. And with that being said, brother, thank you for coming on the show. Um, I appreciate you and uh, tell your family we said hello. And uh, man, thank you. Thank you for, for really sharing this. And uh, I know you guys have a presence on Instagram. If someone wants to get a hold of you, can you share that with our audience as, as far as that goes? If there's any questions for Anna or, or for you or whatever, I'd like for people to be able to reach out to you if that's okay. For sure. Yeah. My, my wife is uh, the Instagrammer about everything we do. Um, keeping up with the cults and uh you, you'll find it keeping up with the cults and uh you'll see all the pictures and all of our adventures and what we're doing and and uh i i really appreciate you having me on here today dave uh you know god bless you and your family man and uh one of these days we'll get to get to meet up i, I don't think we're too far away from one another right now so yeah, I think you're right down the road. So <laughs> I'm here, brother. <laughs> <laughs> right on, Dave. I, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, absolutely, Dave. You know, once again, thank you for coming on and uh, we'll be seeing you later.